from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. As you may have noticed, we've had a lot of questions about the future of trucking and received many informed answers from several industry leaders and experts. In this episode, we want to take a look back in the last six months about the trends and topics that are shaping the future of trucking. And we'll ask, how has the trucking industry fared in the first half of 2021? Let's get to it. The world of business in 2021 has seen its shares of mergers and acquisitions, and the trucking sector is no different. As venture capital flowed into the transportation technology space, my co-host Seth Clevenger sat down with Trimble's James Langley earlier in January to discuss how the influx of capital and new developers are changing the technology landscape in trucking. I think there's a lot of good to it from the standpoint of you get fresh minds and fresh technology looking at transportation in a way that maybe historically we haven't. So they come up with some really compelling solutions, you know, whether it be from, uh, you know, some new artificial and, and intelligence and machine learning, you know, ways of taking data and generating, you know, more compelling uh, solutions, more creative solutions, or whether it be gamification of, you know, how you get the users more engaged with how you solve problems. And so I think overall, it's good because you get new ideas and new concepts. And at the same time, I think there's this, uh, this friction that comes along from, you know, just what we were talking about earlier is, okay, now how do I take advantage of that kind of high value solution, but integrate it into my everyday workflow and into all of my existing systems and applications that are I'm heavily invested in and not really interested in changing out, but I want them to be better, right? And I want to take advantage of the more modernized technology. I think the other thing you're seeing an influx of with all this investment is uh, you get a lot of greenfield, you know, you know, technology and applications. For example, historically, most of the transportation applications were built to be kind of these monolithic client-server applications, you know, for on-premise delivery. Whereas now everyone's coming in with a web-first mentality with microservices, which is really more of the technology and architecture of the future. So there's a, a rush from all the kind of the established existing players, you know, to be more nimble and have more of the kind of this Lego approach to microservices and subscribable services and move into more of a SaaS-based world. And if we can do that, then it makes it easier for us to take advantage of all these new technologies and plugging those into uh, the current solutions and the future architecture. Speaking of plugging into current solutions, we cannot forget to mention the transportation industry's important contribution toward the massive vaccine rollout that was conducted earlier this year. I spoke with Larry St. Ange from DHL about the complexities of constructing such a supply chain. Here he has explained the difficulties of the special undertaking. We move millions of kilos of vaccines on an annualized basis, uh, but we're talking about with COVID something that is probably three times, three to four times what the world normally consumes in total vaccines on an annualized basis. And that's a combination of all vaccines, influenza, meningitis, smallpox, all those types of vaccines that are typically out there. Uh, you know, the, the ordinary global consumption is somewhere between three and four billion doses a year. In order to solve this problem for the world, because some of the vaccines require two doses, we're talking about a, a number somewhere between 12 and 15 billion doses to be able to satisfy the worldwide need. Um, so it's a it's a real challenge, and everybody in the world wants it at the same time. So um, there are challenges, particularly around some of the initial vaccines that arrive with the uh, the minus 70, the minus 90 C 
um, temperature uh, requirement, uh, particularly because obviously that requires dry ice. Uh, dry ice has a limiting factor in terms of the amount of it you can put in an aircraft. Uh, it also requires unique packaging and the ability to be able to access dry ice uh, to continue to re-ice product, uh, you know, in, in various markets. Storage at that level is not easy to achieve because it takes very, very unique uh, storage units. Um, I think everybody's heard about ultra-low temperature freezers. Uh, they're not easy to get. They're expensive. They require unique power considerations, a unique wiring, and obviously a, a redundancy to ensure that there is a business continuity strategy in the event of something disrupting the, uh, the, the supply chain as we saw in some of the challenges in Texas and some of the issues in the U.S. Although there's been plenty of news in the trucking industry, we also took time to inquire about the ongoing trends this year. For example, autonomous trucking continues to be the topic du jour, but earlier this year, Seth took a deep dive into the subject with Waymo's Boris Softman about the complex integration of this technology into modern trucks. Here is Softman taking us through that process. This is one of the uh, unique extra challenges for trucking that right now makes you know, makes it makes a larger body of work necessary on a platform side than on than for example if you wanted to uh, be another entrant into the autonomous car space. Um, and so th this is a really deep technical integration. Like you said, it's not just adding softwares. It, uh, uh, sorry, adding sensors to a truck. Um, it's a really really deep integration of our self driving system, which includes uh, sensors, compute, all the electronics, very very precise positioning um, of those sensors that are meticulously designed to optimize for fields of view, um, uh, occlusions, coverage, redundancy, things like that. And so all of that has to be very meticulously co-managed. And luckily, we've had the experience of doing this with um, a number of, of, of car partnerships, which has carried over really well into how we manage the Daimler relationship. Um, and right now, um, there is no truck on the market where you can order something that is complete, even from a redundancy of safety feature standpoint. And so that's something that we're partnering from the very beginning with them, with tier ones that will be integrating, you know, steering, braking and um, other parts. And then obviously creating a feedback loop so that we can validate how these systems uh, start to work through prototypes on the software side and ensure that we're not missing anything so that as we lock it in um, for broader production, um, we're happy with the result. And so we're actually pretty excited because on the other end of this, we should come out with an L4 capable truck with what we feel is the best um, OEM partner that, that we could have picked on the uh, on the market that has been meticulously co-designed with the software strategy and aligns really well with exactly what we need. And um, and just like just like you see in a lot of industries, like uh, you know, for example, um, you know, kind of Apple with the iPhone, like a lot of these like really really new industries being vertically integrated and really having a deep and precise control over like both the hardware and the software part is actually quite critical, especially at an early phase before technology starts to get kind of like standardized. We're very, very, very far from that. And so having really deep control and influence over how we design the platform actually makes the software challenge much more tractable. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification.
Another trend, and one that's moving forward in an industry, especially when it comes to integration, is electric trucks. Seth took some time to speak with Rakesh Anija of Daimler Trucks North America earlier this year. He gave us his thoughts on where he sees charging infrastructure for electric trucks heading in the future. I would say uh, overall, right, you can think of it as a a three-factor multiplication equation. Uh, Our CEO, Martin Dom, likes to speak to it, refer to it that way in several conversations. He he says that uh, for e-mobility overall to be successful, right, there are three factors. It's like a multiplication equation. And each factor has to be successful, has to be non-zero. And if any one of those is zero, then overall we, we are not going to be successful. So to talk at a high level on those three factors, one is the vehicle technology, vehicle product itself. And that clearly we have the lead there. That's our responsibility as DTNA to make sure we continue to have benchmark e-mobility products. The second one is on the infrastructure side, and that's where I was going to address your question in, in a second here. Uh, that absolutely has to be uh, successful. Uh, and the third one is on the cost parity side of things, where uh, initially, at least, there is a need for incentives to have a favorable TCO, total cost of ownership for our customers. Uh, and going forward, how that plays out as well with respect to energy prices, with respect to diesel prices. But overall, it has to be something with a tool, a business tool with which our customers can be successful. But coming to the infrastructure point, uh, we are certainly doing our part. Uh, we'd like to believe so at least, uh, but we need our entire partners, our entire industry to help contribute as well. And you see that happening, right? Today's Electric Island in partnership with PG and the state of Oregon. Uh, city of Portland is a very, very good example. We've been working a lot uh, with our key customers. I referred to depot charging earlier. These uh, 41 customer uh, innovation and customer experience fleets with 20 customers, several sites, that's been the focus of depot charging. But at some point, it has to grow beyond that as well from a public infrastructure perspective. The depot charging, the activity today that's good for today's use cases where we are, but then it has to grow beyond that. And that's where, again, I come back to the the partnership aspect. We are certainly willing and able to contribute. We will do our part, but we would certainly welcome and continue to encourage uh, industry-wide coalition there, support from the federal government, state government as appropriate to make public charging uh, a success as well. There is certainly interest. We have had some initial conversations with our truck stop partners and they have uh, certainly shown interest in participating in the activity. And Truck Stop Partners is a great segue for our next topic. This year, we looked at some of the more prominent issues facing fleets, like truck parking. I spoke with Rebecca Brewster from the American Transportation Research Institute about what fleets are doing to remedy this longstanding problem. Well, certainly there is a a role for technology here. And, And as we've been Uh, doing research with numerous state departments of transportation and and local areas. It's been to figure out how to best deploy technology to improve the situation. Now, as we said at the top of this show, Michael, best thing would be is if we just had more capacity, more spaces, but better utilizing those spaces and better informing drivers through technology where spaces are available is a great first step. And We did research several years ago uh, where we asked drivers to keep a truck parking diary. And one of the things we learned is that drivers were giving up productive hours of driving because they were going to go ahead and park if they knew there was a spot available 
rather than risk going down the road and not being able to find a spot. And so on average, drivers were getting giving up about, in our research, about an hour of productivity every day. Take into consideration um, signs on the highway that tell a driver at an upcoming exit, there are six available spaces or there are no available spaces. And a number of states are doing this. That allows the driver to keep driving or to pull over if they know that the number of spaces are getting low and they're ready to stop, then they can pull in. Another way that that technology is being utilized is drivers can use an app. There are a number of apps available, truck parking apps, and Atri was involved with the American Trucking Associations and with NATSO, the truck stop operators, to develop one of these apps. And they all, uh, whether they're for a private truck stop or a a multi-group like the uh, Park My Truck app, they're all designed to provide drivers with updates on the number of available spaces so they can better plan their route and decide when they want to pull over and park. Also this year, we dedicated episodes to provide an ongoing detailed look at some trucking industry issues. For example, in our series about current technology trends, Seth asked Avi Geller of Maven Machines about the challenges of adopting technology and finding ways to utilize all of the data information to make better decisions, and also how artificial intelligence can help. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton of opportunity out there. Um, and there's things like, um, so another example uh, that is specific to LTL is dispatching. So pickup requests come in while the drivers are out doing their routes. So those pickups uh, can be automatically assigned to uh, the most relevant uh, driver to be able to, uh, to execute the pickup and not just assign it to them, but the proper place within the route. What is the order of the pickups? Um, you know, to hit the times that the uh, the, the customers, uh, in this case, the shippers are open, uh, taking into account traffic, taking into account capacity on the uh, in the trailer, on the truck itself. Um, so you're taking in all of the different data, uh, as well as things like you can't have on the same trailer, you know, a food product and a hazardous material, uh, so other, other constraints, taking in all the constraints and, and kind of automatically doing um, a dispatching application would be one example. You can get into kind of customer performance predictions. If a company is looking at bringing on a new customer, how is that customer going to perform? What are the stop times going to look like? Detention times, um, what, you know, uh, other kinds of travel times, um, other, you know, what are, what are the opportunities for accessorial charges? Essentially, how is this going to perform so they can make an accurate pricing proposal to that customer that both satisfies the customer as well as keeps the trucking company, uh, you know, profitable and healthy? Um, Those are two examples. In our episode series about workforce development, we learned about the factors that come into play for fleets when finding qualified talent. I spoke with DeMarco Thomas of the Metro Max Group about the challenges of diversity and what some of his takeaways were as a person of color and industry leader. I think the biggest takeaway is that you're looked up to among a lot of minorities who are at positions that are that are non-executive. Right. And, and, And that you're and that you're rare. Um, which I don't think should be the case. I think that, you know, the minority culture is kind of challenged in a couple ways. First way is really to access the capital. Um, we haven't been educated properly to have those venture capital discussions uh, to, to grow a business. Most of our endeavors, we, we bootstrap, right? Or we use credit cards or we use some kind of high interest vehicle that doesn't allow us to be profitable quick enough in order to reinvest and, and grow our business. Second thing I would say is uh, the, the identification of mentors 
you know, when you're a minority in the trucking space, as you mentioned, I think about 40 percent of uh, of people in trucking are minorities. But when it comes to the executive level, man, it, it may be in the single digits. Right. And so identifying mentors who come from your background, who understand, you know, some of the challenges you may have, it's, it's kind of hard to find um, in, in the transportation space. Um, and the last thing is just getting in the room. You know, you can have the talent, um, you can have the access to capital potentially, but just having the opportunity to get in the room and present yourself and what your capabilities are and what your company can do, um, I think is, uh, you know, a little bit more challenging um, on the on the minority side. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How has the trucking industry fared in the first half of 2021? First, a big thank you for taking the time to listen to Road Signs. On behalf of my co-host, Seth Clevenger, and producer, Joseph Terry, we thank you for your listenership. As society is slowly gaining its footing back from a pandemic late in 2020, the trucking industry is still soldiering on with many issues, like infrastructure and regulations, still to be played out to an eventual conclusion. But there's still a lot under the hood to discuss. The problems of a driver shortage, along with driver pay, retention, and safety, will remain in the forefront of industry leaders' minds. The implementation of technology will definitely play a part in the solution, but how, how long, and in some cases when, is still a question without an answer. Also, be sure to check out our new equipment and maintenance quarterly, Calibrate, available this month in Transport Topics. We'll also have a new edition of our regularly quarterly installment, iTech, available soon. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. <laughs>